This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Oh, it's fun. Crazy. It's painful, but it's wonderful. What is the name? It's Roycey Unchained. All right, another episode of Unchained underway. Roycey, final uh, days of Florida before coming back here. Where do you want to start, sir? Well, I'm uh, sitting here watching a gor- another gorgeous day. Uh, those, those cloudy days are gone. The last three, four days have been fantastic. But today, we play the arch rival. The Twins play the arch rival Rochester Red Wings. Oh, okay. Uh, and they, uh, get, you can get in for half price today. I don't know if that includes beer, however, but it's uh, five bucks to park and half price for the tickets, and there'll be about 2,000 people here. But... Of course, it all brings us back to the greatest uh, exhibition game in uh, the Twins, uh, what is now uh, uh, 29 years here in Fort Myers, is it? Uh, 1991? Yeah, World uh, Series yeah. year, right? Yeah. 29 yeah. years. Uh, when In 2006, when they played their the game against Rochester, and uh, boy, they've been there a long time, 2006, because it was Rochester, and Tiffy and Jason Bartlett and two or three of the other guys had gotten uh, cut and sent across the parking lot, and they were all mad. Bartlett was mad, and Tiffy was mad. And uh, Tiffy slid into second base at Juan Castro and damn near killed him. And uh, then Redmond and Tiffy got into it at home plate. Then when Redmond, when Tiffy came up, Redmond <laughs> encountered him, and Gardy was out there screaming and uh and it, I think Rochester beat them fifteen to two or something. They just pounded the hell out of them. These guys just had fire in their eyes. I wasn't here, but the uh, witnesses to it oh. say it was one of the funniest things of all time. I think it was the last exhibition, and it, it might have been. I can't remember who was uh, who was uh, warm doing their final tune up for the season. And they, these Rochester guys just murdered them. You know, and it was great. I have but, no uh, recollection of that whatsoever. Oh, yeah. the tip, I call this the Terry Tiffy Cup whenever yeah. we play these guys. Terry Tiffy is my favorite spring training player because every year for about five years there, we'd get a new guy on the beat. And one spring, I had Terry Tiffy fever, man. You know, he was a – I think he was a switch hitter. I know he hit left. I think he was a switch hitter, big husky kid. And he would rip it up in spring training. And one year I was promoting him to make the club, and he didn't make the club. And then I don't know who came in the next year. It wasn't, uh, you know, who it was. I I can't remember. And then another new guy came on the beat, and they got Terry Tippy 
Fever too, and we were over in Miami at the no, we were over at Fort Lauderdale when the Orioles were still over in Baltimore, and I can't remember who the hell it was, but he turned to me and said, "Uh, uh you know that Terry Tiffy's a pretty good player." I jumped up in the press box and said, "Oh, there's another outbreak of Terry <laughs> Tiffy fever. You can't go to Florida without getting a case of Terry Tiffy fever." <laughs> But I can tell you what cures it. Watching him for a week. That'll cure it. Just You don't have to take any medicine. Just watch for a week, and you'll, you'll get over Terry Tiffy That's the fever. penicillin? Yeah, that's it. It's better than penicillin. It's better than Dr. Salk's uh, you know, uh, cure for polio. Oh, God. Oh. Terry Tiffy fever. But anyway, yeah. fever. Uh, I, I'm sorry I missed it, but I guess it was quite the eye They're all going to go out there and have a good time, and then these guys from Rochester just hammering them and of course that's the year that it, they were gonna they started tony batista at third and juan castro at short oh yeah and castro is the guy that tiffy really took out and then in in early june you know they were 25 and 33 at their low point and they they got rid of batista they put castro on the bench they called up bartlett to play short and punto to play third and they became the little piranhas and uh they wanted that was, it Pat. that was that was right. a really that was a really good team they yeah. wanted it you see yes they did that's they why they were right. trying to start a fight when they were playing oh, in the I, don't, I don't think tiffy ever got back here but uh but uh, oh. uh bartlett did uh, that's and bartlett became such a guardy favorite after that remember the year he wanted him on his team for his leadership and he put the poor kid out in left field and oh. In Cleveland, that lasted about two weeks. Yeah. Oh, that that was that might have been more painful than snow in right field, which was very painful. Yes, yes. Well, oh no, snow was uh, much much more gifted in right field yes, than he uh, was. Bartlett was in left field. And you know, uh, you know, we Marwin Gonzalez is doing a great uh, job here filling in for snow. He struck out half the time. <laughs> I think he's. I think he's. Oh, he's awful. He's twenty six abs, thirteen strikeouts. I think. Uh, But uh, you know, maybe there's a switch that can be flipped. But I'm saying, when they told you they, you know, Marwin, when they told you they wanted you to replace it all, it wasn't with the strikeouts here. They wanted, uh, you know, they they wanted you to (laughs) to fill a hole, not not to uh, not to strike out half the time by the like the guy you're replacing. So. Yeah, that's a pretty bad. I really so like uh, the outfield, though. I uh, I really like what I've seen from Buxton. Uh, you know, he might hit two sixty, but he's gonna he's gonna try. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not gonna stand there and check swing and chase everything. If you throw him a first pitch fastball, he's gonna hit it. Rosario looks great, and Kepler looks very good, and uh, that the outfield's gonna be real good. I don't know about the infield, uh, you know, Gonzalez, Polanco's, he's okay. Uh, Scope is, uh, I don't know, haven't seen enough. Crone looks like, Crone's looked, been a little better hitter than I thought. He goes he, he goes to right field more than I thought. And then uh, then you got the catchers and uh, Nelson Cruz. So uh, the lineup should be okay. I don't, you know, they're going to pound the hell out of bad pitching. I'm not sure about good pitching. Yeah, but, I- I don't think the the infield that we're going to see on Thursday is destined to be here for long. Do you? How about the infield? Form? How about the infield we're going to see from Cleveland? Kipnis oh. and uh, Lindor. Francisco Lindor yeah. are both out, and now Jose Ramirez fouled the ball off his foot, and he might not play. 
Ooh. He might. Uh, yeah. So they might have. I was looking at their roster. They got a guy named Eric Stamet, and they got. Uh, they'll be. Uh, they'll be putting some guys on the field you never heard of if Ramirez can't. And play, Kluber so. got the opening day start, and I saw Bowers all PO'd about it. And oh, I didn't see. He yeah, got upset. Bow, Bowers a weird dude. So oh, I'm not he is. Surprised. He is. Yeah. Well, he's a quirky. He's a quirky guy. He might be trying to create enough trouble so they trade him. You know. Who oh yeah. Although he, he insists he'll – doesn't he have like a $100,000 bet or a $10,000 bet with a teammate that he'll never take more than a one-year contract? No, he's got a bet with a friend that if he takes more than a one-year contract, the guy could basically stand close to him and shoot him in the groin with like a paintball gun. <laughs> That's the bet. Yeah, but, and but you're calling it – and you're calling him screwy? I, I wouldn't say that screwy, too screwy, is Did it? I take him. You could be as screwy as you want to be uh, if uh, if you got that stuff and you pitch as many innings as him. I'll take you. Was it the SI piece a couple of weeks ago or a month ago on him? Did, did you read that? It's uh, He's a bizarre guy. Oh, he is. And then he got himself in big trouble because he started basically going after some woman on Twitter who'd say yes. something critical of him and he wouldn't leave it go. He just Can you imagine that, him. Pat? Sensitive people on t- Thank God journalists aren't like no, that. Sports true. writers aren't that's like that. That's true. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah, that, that is. Uh, that is. We, don't, we don't get any of those. Uh, oh. We don't get any of those upset. Speaking of sports writers, before we get into the topics of the day, the great Marty Noble uh, died. Uh, New York Mets uh, beat writer for years. Newsday. And uh, one of the last, it's on Twitter, and uh, it was posted by uh, Henry Schulman from uh, San Francisco. I hadn't seen it. Apparently, Murray Chass has a website out in uh, New York called murraychass.com, and that's what Marty's doing. Marty still wants to be around and still write. He's got to be, he had to be pushing 80. Mm-hmm. Uh, big man, you know, not, I wouldn't call him obese, but large guy, you know, over well over six feet and uh, and uh, and always thick. But uh, a real commanding presence. But he did a thing on Seaver because Seaver's got dementia. And it's so bad that the Mets are going to be celebrating the 50th anniversary of 69 this year, and he's not going to be able to make it. Uh, he's not traveling anymore. The Mets released that. So he did this. Had to be a 120-inch piece on Seaver that's just spectacular about his re- relationship with him. And Seaver, and, and it, it, I've... It was great for me because when Seaver was with the White Sox, I thought he was the most condescending dickhead I had ever been around in a clubhouse. The guy was unbelievable. I mean, you know, like Barry Bonds would just blow you off. Right. Seaver would uh, relish the opportunity to, uh, you know, ridicule you in, in any form, you know. And, you know, and and he kind of explained that if he didn't in there, he noble admitted of all these things about him. And if he didn't, that's the way he treated people he didn't know. And, you know, he didn't know me. I went tried to talk to him two, three times when he was with the White Sox and pitching well. And he was brutal. I, you know, but uh, it, it was an interesting piece about the difference in relationships, what you can read in it between. We sports writers from the Midwest in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and how we dealt with people and how we've always heard about the New York press, you know, the New York media back then. And, of course, I don't know when the Herald Tribune went out of business and the Mirror went out of business, but even uh, 
you know, even when I started covering in 74, they had the, the three papers in the city, and Newsday was uh, printing and distributing papers in the city, and you had the Newark paper and the Bergen Record. They had, they had six, seven newspapers going after each other. But the interesting thing to me is that they, when they approached players, and I saw this in baseball, obviously, more than anywhere, it was like they were on equal footing, right? Yep. I mean, if you, if a player, if Dick Young asked a player a question and he didn't answer it, Dick Young would get all up in his face, you know? Yep. And if you gave some of the answers in 19... 19- 83, who was managing the Yankees then? I can't remember. Uh, probably Billy Martin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> was between Jeff. Yeah. But if you gave them answers like we're getting from Baldelli, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have put up with it. They would have went after him. <laughs> they wouldn't have put up with it. They would have said, say something. Tell us something. And uh, it's... And they, you know, like Dave Anderson from the Times, was nice, one of the nicest guys. All you know, and, and he didn't not they all they didn't all approach it, but the beat writers, uh, certainly on baseball, approached that, approached it that way. And it was it was a you know it, it kind of faded out. I think that approach in the eighties, but uh, but it's it was interesting. It was always eye opening for me the way they dealt with players compared to the way we did. How did players take it? Or managers. And there in New York, you I mean, they were powerful. They didn't want to, you know, the, what what is Twitter today and Instagram and all this, the social media that drives athletes crazy? It was the tabloids. You know, if the Post, if the Post and the Daily News decided to get on you, they could make you enemy number one, baby. Mm-hmm. You know, if you were... If you were, uh, if they if they decided you were worth some headlines on the back page, by them getting to agi- getting you agitating you, they that's what they do, you know. And it was you know Winnie was every day, you know Winnie was Mister May. Uh, they got Steinbrenner to call him Mister May, and uh, that was that followed him for ten years when he was in New York. It's know? one of the greatest lines of all time, though. Yeah, but but they yeah. would always. The other thing was, of course, you Steinbrenner was perfect for that whole attitude right and that they would every newspaper not so much the times but at least the two tabloids and newsday which was trying to sell papers in the city marty's paper he covered the mets but uh they would all write for george there'd be two three guys covering a game and one of them would wait for george when the game was over win lose or draw uh, and to see if George was going to throw any hand grip. If George, if it was one of those nights when George wanted to get himself on the back page the next day, he'd say something and right. get that, that we would go. It was just a, it was a completely different world. One other thing about Marty. Marty, uh, from what I could tell in this piece he wrote about Seaver, was a rookie on the beat the same year Seaver was in 1967. And you got to be as old as me to realize that the Mets – the Yankees, after 64, didn't get back to the World Series till 76, right? Am I right? 75 yes, or 76. Against the Reds. They and that, the Reds. Is, yes, that became known as the Horace Clark era. Yep. And look up attendance. It was brutal. And meanwhile, the Mets had the miracle Mets. First of all, you know, New Yorker, the, the blue-collar New Yorkers that read the tabloids and rode the train. Loved the Mets because they brought National League Baseball back after a five-year absence. And 
And then the Mets, the Mets were the story when they had Stingle and they had their ineptitude and, you know, Breslin wrote his book and anyone, can't anyone, why can't anyone here play the game or whatever the title was. Mm -hmm. And and the Mets were the big story in New York uh, in the late 60s and early 70s when Seaburn, and of course, 1969, uh, you know, was I mean, probably the greatest baseball story in New York history when the Miracle Mets uh, won the World Series out of nowhere. Uh, one other thing he had is uh, about uh, Sieber, and I'll let this go. Uh, see, he was as Sieber said, he wished he some about he, he wished he could go to dinner with his brother, who had died two or three one more time with his brother who had died three or four years earlier. This is way back, you know. And he said, "Who else do you want to go to dinner?" And he named some artist because he was a big wine guy you know Sieber yes. had his own vineyard out there and christy matthewson and marty noble was smart enough to look at him and say you want christy matthewson so that the two greatest right-handed pitchers in the history of new york baseball would be together at dinner and Sieber said you got it. <laughs> so, uh, but Marty was smart wow. enough to Marty was smart enough to know right away why he said Christy Matthews, because he was the other greatest right-handed pitcher in the history of New York baseball. But uh, I feel better about Seaver now after Marty explained to me why he was such a jackass. Uh, but uh, anyway, and so you. So you tr- try to talk to him at the very tail end, and the White Sox. Yeah, but he pitched pretty it, good. Right? For, he pitched, yeah, but he, he he came back. Didn't he come back to New York after that? He pitched oh, he pretty. Might have, yeah, he pitched pretty yeah, good for right, the White Sox. He pitched good for the White Sox. You know, he was still good, and but man alive, it was something. It was. I mean, I've had guys. I'd rather have guys scream at me than have a. You know, and as I said, Bonds. Everybody talks about him, but he wasn't abusive. He just turned his back to you. Right. So. Right. Anyway. That's uh, that's my uh, that's my look back at, uh, at for today. So uh, the uh, Gophers getting great praise for their uh, postseason run. I guess we are including the Big Ten part of it with those two victories, calling it a run because I've I've never felt like winning one is a run. Yeah. Have you? No, it's no, no, no. And and my and my only tweet was. We got like two days of fun, but in this climate right now with these sports teams, oh, I'll yeah. take what I can get. Oh yes, and I mean right now I'll take anything I can get. You know they get beat in that game if if Murphy plays, but they might get beat by eight. Yeah, you know yes. or ten. It's just I uh, thought they'd lose by ten. Well, what you did is you put them. You know, without him, you basically let Michigan Michigan State guard the perimeter, and Kelsher, I you know was they were guarding him. Yep. And then after a while, when he missed a few, they stopped guarding him and let him keep shooting, but. Uh, you go two for you don't have your uh you know your six foot five six six inside player and then you go uh, two for twenty two on threes uh, it's it's sun it's amazing it wasn't more than twenty isn't it you knew that game was done when Isaiah Washington came off the bench and now we're all fired up about him and Isaiah's lying and saying he's going to stick around because uh, we, we every, every time he comes in and this is garbage time he comes in and he shows something gopher fans are convinced he's right okay now he's ready to really grow up as a player Mm -hmm. you know uh it it would be better for all parties Uh, you know he should be able to 
He's going to pick up a couple more transfers. He's been good on that. He's got this Marcus Carr. He's going to get a grad transfer or two. And uh, and then he's going to, uh, you know, get a couple of the late signing guys who nobody knew if they were going to be eligible or not. You can get him in school. He'll he'll get about four spring signees, and I would guess they don't want Isaiah around. I mean, they have, they'll have the scholarship for him because they already have, what, three or four open. But, uh, but you know, they... You know, I I think it's better for both parties. How is he going to play? Like if they've got any, yeah, I mean, well, he's just not going to play. Yeah, well, we spent all year saying that we got robbed because Marcus Carr wasn't eligible. So doesn't isn't Isaiah Washington smart enough to know? Okay, they're going to play Marcus Carr for thirty four minutes, so you get to play six if you're lucky, right? Well, yeah, and he didn't and then they're the going to bring in an, and they're going to bring in another guard. He didn't get off the bench for the. Yeah. Eight games or something. Yeah, the Louisville game. They he was cha- he was anchored to the damn thing. Yeah, when they don't have any players, right? You know, at, I mean, they're they're uh, bench, but uh, it. I think the one thing that they might have gotten out of the Michigan State game is the uh, Oh Mercy kid. You know, got some minutes and maybe found out how to play basketball uh, a little better in the Big Ten. I don't know if you can learn that from fifteen minutes, but you can. You can at least get a glimpse as to how you get, you got to play, and uh, you know because he didn't he didn't get much time this year either. Uh, he you know in retrospect, I bet they both, I bet everybody wishes they'd uh, redshirted him, don't you think? Is coffee sticking around? What do you think? Oh yeah, I don't think he's. Uh, I think the agents will. But what would he have to be to to uh, go to the NBA? Somebody'd have to tell him he's going to be in the first round, right? I would think so. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I would think they would not. Would I, tell he, he he's be, he's not a lottery guy. He might, you know. I don't know. This draft gets so dang thin, you know. But the other thing is, if maybe if he's sick of it, uh, he can, uh, you know, go to Europe or something. If he, you know, get drafted in the second round, go to Europe and make some money for two years and then come back, something like that. You know, it's always an interesting situation in college basketball. What becomes of senior years, isn't it? Jordan Murphy went out and had a hell of a year, right? Uh, But uh, uh, did I? uh, But sometimes, you know, Andre Hollins uh, got good at the end, but he had a lot of a lot of them get the seniors. You know, they get the they get blasé, man. They're they're tired of it. They want to get out and make some money if they have some ability. And if you look through the last ten, fifteen years, there's guys who uh, who played better as juniors and seniors that's true yeah. what you got to do figure out though judd is uh okay coffee was great for what eight games six games down the stretch the big 10 the two three the little run they made before the big 10 schedule ended mm-hmm. and then at the big 10 tournament and then i mean he was the only guy they had you know he was great when they beat louisville mm-hmm. so where'd that other six weeks come from that six eight weeks in between where he had those clunkers, I I don't know where that came from. I don't know, but if if he adopts his old man's work ethic just a little bit next mm-hmm. season, he'd be a hell of a player. He's got to get a little thicker, I think, don't you? Yeah, but you don't want him to get too thick. Yeah, but, but he's got. But this notion that he can't play point guard disappeared, right? I mean, they spread the floor and let him handle the ball, and that's how they beat Louisville. He's 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 not a point guard in the classic sense but he's a point guard in the new sense of point guards where there's two ball handlers and you want him to have the ball a lot because there aren't other there aren't six foot 
two guys who can guard him. As long right? as it gets up court, he's fine. Yes. 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 Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean. Because if you press him, he's he's a mess. But yes, you're right. Yeah. Well, nobody presses anymore anyway. So that's, you know, even Louisville doesn't press much anymore unless Louis- it's desperate. Louisville didn't really care that much, though, so. Uh, you know, they were, uh, uh, they, they were another one of those teams that got in on what they did early in the season. They lost, as they, we were talked about this last week, they'd lost seven of their last 10 and everybody says, yeah, well, look who they lost to. But the point is they lost all of them. Mm-hmm. By the way, I picked Duke to win the tournament and I'm disgusted with what happened last night. <laughs> I was, I was sitting there rooting loudly against myself. Wanting uh, the Dukes to lose. And uh, did you see what the uh, they said about the refs? No, I did not. Today, the, uh, nope. the, for not, uh, not calling a charge on Zion, they say it was a charge at the end. Oh, okay. Uh, they're not going to advance, those three officials, according to Seth Davis. They're not going to the next round. They're not going to the regional. Really? Okay. Yeah, they're not going to the Sweet 16. I, I saw your tweet about what R.J. I thought the... Not I thought the there. worst. I thought that was worse uh, to me because I, you know, uh, Zion, you know, he went in there and pushed, but they were jumping on him too. You know, that was they were gouging each other. But Barrett was just clear as hell. He pushed the guy out of the way and puts it back in. And then last night I'm watching Sports Center at twelve thirty, and they said he did a great job of clearing space. Yeah, he pushed the guy in the back. And got him out of there, and uh, you know that's code for Duke advanced, and we're yes, all happy about yes, it. Yes, we're all. By the way, not a not anything that resembles a Cinderella team in the Sweet Sixteen, sir. It's uh, it's all the uh, it's uh, twelve teams from the ACC, the uh, Southeast Conference, and the Big Ten, and then Gonzaga, mm-hmm. Houston, Texas Tech, and who am I missing? Uh, uh, Houston, uh, they're all from you know. There's they're all high seeded teams, right? So I don't want to have to watch uh, Virginia play Virginia Tech again. I'll tell you that. Oof, that'll be forty eight to forty six if they're playing each other. So. Did you really now? No, I I know you hate uh, you hate uh, uh, Coach K, but did you really want Duke to lose? Because I I wanted Zion. I want Zion here. That's the thing. I don't like, give a damn. I don't see, want I Duke anywhere. I don't want there. Duke anywhere. Well, maybe it'll be fun for everybody. We can. Uh, but, I, I don't uh, want the best players. Here. If you can promise me a heartbreaking Duke loss, I'll uh, I'll uh, go for hey, it. It, but, it could happen. Yeah, and a, and a controversial call where okay, that might not. Coach happen. K de- uh, reveals his true character and pouts and screams and hollers and. Uh, uh, hey, the worst part the, sympathized. He took oh care of those God, yes. He took care of those oh yeah, heartbroken. Young I'd men. say get out of here. Although Johnny Dawkins can't say that, I guess he played for him. So, uh, but uh, anyway, Dawkins played there, right? Yes, he, was he a Dookie? I think his. Yeah, he's I'm, a Dookie. Yeah, he's a Dookie. He was a very. I good think he was dookie. a star there. Yes, he was. Jersey a very number good retired by Duke. Complete failure at Stanford, uh, by the way. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's got Reed Travis out there, and he had a hell of a recruiting class or two, and he couldn't win out there. Uh, but uh, he's uh, Central Florida loves him. How about this Central Florida man? When I, when we were in Orlando in the in the seventies uh, with the in the eighties, Twin Spring training was just kind of a 
teacher's college out there in the middle of nowhere. Now it's the biggest, one of the biggest schools in the country. It's got like 60,000 students. Yeah, what happened? I, uh, what I don't the know. heck happened? I guess uh, they probably, I think you can go to school cheap here. And uh, I think okay. you can go to college cheap I hadn't heard Florida. of Central Florida until I think O'Leary went to coach there in football. Yeah. Or so. It was way, yeah. it was not, you know. 25 years ago, but it wasn't that long ago. Right? And they did build themselves a football stadium there. For they, they they don't play in the old Tangerine Bowl or Citrus Bowl or whatever you whatever it's called. Oh, behind now. Ticker, they they, they, they got their own field, and it's out it's out towards the airport, the campus. But uh, you know they were nothing when I was there. I think they might have been Division Two. I don't know, but uh, yeah, they're they're having a pretty good uh, athletic run here. Give me an update, Patrick. Tibbs winning percentage. Versus Ryan, oh, I haven't you, done it you, yet. Next week, I got. I got to see him. I got to get a couple more losses here before, uh-huh. uh, before, uh, before I can update that. Yeah, but they got. You know, we were talked last week. Basically, they shut everybody down. Uh, oh no, we were talking on the on the then your show with Phil and Rami. About uh, this is they're going to sign Mark Madsen to shoot threes here. They it looks like what are they doing winning? It looks like they're trying to lose and get ping pong balls, doesn't it? By put by shutting everybody down. I think that'd be the preference. Yes. What what's got to scare the hell out of you is Robert Covington, right? Is it, does it turn out he's as we said Tommy Her here? What the hell? I mean, it doesn't sound like a knee bruise should have been that bad. There's there's got to be something more than meets the eye on that because he was known as this hard-nosed kid right yeah that's the whole yeah Not that was the whole thing for him i don't know what's his was he got one year left or something I too or, I, I don't know what his contract is but yeah i mean now how do you how do you make plans for next year this is another you know i i think the whole ryan's the right guy for the job is uh you know is, is kind of silly because we don't really have any idea, but you might as well give him the job. What the you know the way things are now. What well, what, what are you going to do? Is this guy going to hire a GM first? Just hire a GM and allow that guy to make the decision on the coach. Well, last like, time last time he went out on his own and hired a GM, how'd that work out? No, I know, I know, but uh, I mean, hired a, he called David Stern and got us the con. I I wonder if the con wants to come back, man. He was fun. Where is the con now? Is he I teaching don't know. He was still no, he was uh, running a team in Paris. I think he's got a team in some European league. In in France or some Paris or something. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought he was teaching. I think. I don't know. Maybe he's doing two jobs. Maybe he's bifurcating his job. Bifurcating his job. Could be bifurcating. Concerned about young men smoking way too much pot. (laughs) Bees. Maybe he'll sign bees. Bees will promise him that he's not going to smoke any more pot. Nicholas Batum. This time we can get him. Yes, that's right. The offer sheet. That was back in the day when he was actually pretty good. Now we could get him. Yeah. Wow. He doesn't even play much for them anymore, does he? He's yeah. in uh, Charlotte now. Yes, he is. Yeah. They, gave, they gave him. They gave him a lot of money. Yes, you know? they did. They, they uh, well, Con tried. Yes, he did. He was. Uh, that was going to uh, save the franchise. Well, what's going to sure. happen here, Pat? I mean, that, that, that's a good question. Like where? Well, I, well, every time here, you think they're making progress. Here was one of their big mistakes too. You know, they they thought they were on the way, right, lad? They yes. made the playoffs, so they raised the ticket prices for all these people, and that. You know they lost season ticket holders from you know from a the from a not that high of a number, mm-hmm. and they and now there's you know they're going to lose more if they try to maintain the same prices. And I don't think here's the other thing you you can't put the genie back in the bottle and uh, 
and now lower ticket prices. Uh, you know, if if uh, if they if to get new people. I mean, there's you you lost them. You're like the Gopher football, hockey and basketball fans. You lost them, right? And now now you got to do something to get them back, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Which you is, were which is a win. You yeah. got to win. You were right, though. I guess the Minnesotans filled up Highway uh, 35 going down to Des Moines. Huh? Oh yeah. Uh, we oh, yeah, yeah. We we won't go to Williams Arena. We won't go to Williams Arena, but we'll go to Des Moines, and then we'll badmouth Des Moines and how boring it is. But we'll go there so we can say we're loyal Gopher fans. Yes. Well, and it's also new. We love new. We yeah. love we love new new experiences. Williams Arena is an old experience. We all been there. Yep. Even we though love the new even though Wells Fargo Arena. Even though if you say anything bad about Williams Arena, people get offended. We love Williams Arena. We'll go to a game. I tell you what, Pat. uh, Phil and I did the shows on Friday from that Allianz Field. That is going to be the new place to be. Oh, is it? I don't care if you like soccer, if you hate soccer, if you don't. Between the brewery and the craft brews, and and that that is going to be the new place to hang out. Two-hour game. Can't beat it. Yeah, but it's—I yeah. mean—and it's gorgeous. Now, is this thing going to—is uh, the bar—is the bar is going to be open year-round? Uh, the bar is not going to be open year-round. They told me they're probably going to have it open though on summer nights, like Thursday through Saturdays. Uh, the uh, the weddings that were being held at uh, oh, Target yeah. Field and U.S. Bank Stadium are now headed for the Allianz Field. Huh? And if you're 25, you're not even considering anything but Allianz Field. Well, the kids I, uh, are all going to be getting married at the soccer stadium. I. Uh, you know, I uh, finally made an NFL game at uh, at uh, yes. the uh, Vikings Stadium this season. year. You brought him well. Uh, the first NFL game I saw there was the Super Bowl. The second one was uh, the last game of the season. It was worth the journey to see them lay that egg though against the Bears. What a bunch of mutts! And uh, uh, so I, you know, I might make uh, Allianz Field this year. Oh, yeah, you'll like it. Well, hell, we can damn near walk walk. if we get parked free at the station and walk. And here's the thing I didn't know. So so it's sold out for seats, right? But there you can wander around. It's it's Oh, it's it's got the the boardwalk wandering thing going. Oh, okay. It's Target Field on steroids. Like the I only place, no place you, the only building in town we can't wander now that means anything is you can't wander at uh at uh, Viking Stadium much, can you? You got the big corridor, but you can't see anything if you're wandering. Well, you can get lost, like yeah, I did trying can. to find a burger and fries for forty-four dollars. Yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, but how much money is there in the market? If they what are what are they doing? With, what are their tickets? Are they still reasonable, Jonathan? Are Jonathan's they still reasonable? Right here. I don't know. Let me check. I don't know off the top of my head what the ticket prices are for it. Check a standing room mm-hmm. though. So if if I if I want to go in and drink an eleven dollar craft brew, mm-hmm. how much do I, I have to pay? Because I did stick around. I know you'll be shocked by this on Friday. I stuck around and, and had a couple of craft beers. Okay. They're, they're not cheap, but it's going to be very popular. By the way, I was I went up to Sarasota. Uh, was it Friday night? I went up to the game uh, to made my first uh, non Red Sox road game, uh, and. Uh, for you there's a nice there's a nice concession stand right outside the press box it runs by two catholic churches yeah they're thieves they're thieves it was unbelievable uh you know 
Italian sausage, ten and a half bucks. Uh, Does uh, it all go to the Catholic Church? Cheeseburger. No. Or do the O's get some of it? They might get a dollar. The Catholics must get a 20% rake or something. But uh, they're thieves. You're the Orioles. You stink. You should not be charging big league prices. You got nuns, nuns. They got crab cakes. Priests, you know, crab cake sandwich, thirteen and a half bucks, and I can guarantee you, it's crab right out of a can. (laughs) It's not the the crab cakes they used to serve in uh, in Boston at the Baltimore ballpark. I can guarantee (laughs) you that they were thieves. How do you people do it, you fans? God, I'm glad I'm not a fan. I couldn't afford anything. What is wrong? Well, the prices they charge for all these major league sporting events is incredible. Well, I think they make choices, though, and, and here the, the choice is if you're not good, a lot of fans just don't go. Yeah, well, that's true. You know, that's true. But the Viking fans, they you can't keep the away. Vikings and, and the Wild and the Wild the Wild, wild fans keep away. the Wild fans amaze me the most because there's so many home games and that's such an investment. And and the product has been teetering for so long, and they continue to show up. Mm-hmm. They're so, the ones that impress so me. So the other day, yeah. a couple of weeks ago, I guess, I was ripping Gopher fans for not showing up for basketball games, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, if, if indeed you were all on the bandwagon. And I think that was it. And some guy says uh, on Twitter, he says, all, all the ridicule you give to the fans for going to wild games, and now you're saying exactly the opposite. That's not true. I have, I have said consistently, this is the greatest marketing job in the history of Minnesota sports. Now, maybe the soccer team is going to be a rival for them, but at this moment, nobody has as effectively hooked families as as the wild has and and you and i are both amazed that they haven't lost any business but that doesn't mean i'm ridiculing the fans for being there i'm just amazed at the wild's ability to uh to keep you coming at those prices wow well and to get you to buy a jersey for sarah and a jersey for mikey Mm -hmm. and you know the stocking caps that's the thing about it is is the wild experience is a cult in the form of you buy into everything. Yes, and by the way, we we win once we win once every two weeks, and you still can't kill us in the playoff race because the Coyotes saw themselves on the cusp of making the playoffs, and now they've lost what four or five in a row? Five, five in a row. Oh, three, now we got, oh, three and two, Pat. They're getting those points. They're losing now points. We, now we got to worry about the Lanch. The Lanch have pulled ahead. Do we play the Lanch again? I got to look. I the, don't. Didn't the Lanch win in uh, the Lanch won the, in the Lanch, Minnesota? The Lanch won, won, here won on, in St. Paul, right? Won here last week in St. Paul. Then they played the Blackhawks over the weekend. They beat them on Saturday, and they lost in overtime but got a point in Chicago yesterday. You know what's the most amazing thing in hockey right now, outside of the Lightning, which have 120 points, is this goalie that St. Louis came up from. Bennington, Jordan Bennington. Bennington. Who the hell is he? The Q is in the minors. I mean, they they uh, call him up, and they, just like Jake Allen, the, the one year where the last 50 games he was great, this guy's 
He had another shutout again the other night, didn't he? They got like 88 points now. They've run away and hidden. And they were dead and buried when they uh, fired Yo. Oh, God, yes. They were and absolutely and then, done. And the, main, and the main reason Yo got fired is they didn't have anybody who could stop the puck, right? Yep. Yeah, because they thought Jake was going to be their guy, and Jake yeah. was terrible, and, and they fired Yo and, and hired Baruby and then called up this Bennington kid, and he's been absolutely fantastic. That's my theory on goaltenders. There's four good ones in it. In the history of the game, and everybody else will drive you nuts. They'll be the greatest, and then they'll stink. They're, uh, it's, it's a very inexact science, I think, goaltending. Oh, yeah. You know, you got Brodeur and Dryden and some guys that had some hot streaks. Well, look at Allen. That. Jake Allen. Yeah, in oh, the playoff series, you couldn't beat him? No, no. It's, uh, it's and incredible. He's a, mental, he's a mental midget half the time. He can't stop the puck. How are our uh, how are our goalies playing here? Is Doobie getting all the duty? Do yeah. Uh, Stalock started was it last week? He started the second game against the Islanders, which they lost in overtime. And then Dubnik started against Colorado. He started against the Capitals, and they beat the Capitals on Friday. And then he started against Carolina, and they lost what five to one on Saturday. Hey, by the way, congratulations yeah. to number one overall in pairwise UMD. Why don't you talk about the state uh, tied, of hockey? Tied with St. Cloud State for number one and number three, Mankato. The state but, of college hockey, Pat. Yes, it is. I don't state know. Who. I don't know what the problem is. Here. One, two, three in pairwise. And by the way, did you see the big reward uh, Billy Robb's uh, WCHA champs got oh, yeah. for being a number one seed? They yes. get to go to Providence and play Providence in the first game. Yes, I did see that. Mm-hmm. They will not be happy. No, and uh, you know you'll know it's going to be a three to two game. And I think we can safely say though, college hockey in the state has never been in better shape. <laughs> never been better. No, there's just those two programs we got to get turned around: Bemidji and Minnesota. Yep. Now two programs that are pretty much on equal footing right now. Yep. Well, the fans don't go now here, so <laughs> you know what? They've made their decision. It's in over. In fact, that Bemidji rink, which holds about five, the Gophers could play there now and be fine. Oh, don't don't kid. The Gophers could move across the or next building and play, and they'd be just fine with the way things have been going attendance wise. Okay, what is uh, you know? I see that uh, Pitlick left. Huh? Yes, he left and signed with uh, Nashville, and I think he's going to play actually tonight against uh, the Wild. Okay, so anyone that's uh, pessimistic about Gopher hockey, uh, just look at what Moscow left behind at St. Cloud. I think he'll be okay. Oh, yeah, he'll be fine. But the days of domination are long. This sport is, you know, we're always giving you a hard time about random in the NHL. The college hockey is really random. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, if, you, if you're getting the best players... Mm-hmm. They're leaving as twenty-year-old juniors, and if you're getting the next level of players, they're there playing for you as twenty-five-year-old seniors. Yes, you know? so that's and uh, you can't bring in guys, or, or you can, but you don't want to bring in guys at eighteen because if they come in at eighteen, they're getting beat up by those twenty-five-year-olds. And you know, so we you used to, to judge, yeah. uh, we used to judge the talent by uh, the number of NHL draftees, but uh, that doesn't even apply anymore because you know some of these. Kids who leave the juniors after three years at 21 years old have gotten to be pretty savvy. All right. <laughs> positive Pat. What do we got from Positive Pat before we get to your Positive uh, Pat is, uh, I guess we're going to go with uh, go for basketball. Uh, they're, uh, they got Calshir uh, coming back. I, as I was saying earlier this year, o, uh, Otoru, Oturo, excuse Oturo. me, I have a hard time pronouncing his name, is going to be terrific. Uh, I think uh, Jordan will be uh, replaceable, 
and uh, and uh, I I you know let's see what the, what he brings in here. But uh, uh, you can't get all excited about this team and then stay away again next year. It, it, it'd be interesting to see what the schedule is. By the way, if they come up with a they had a competitive schedule this year, uh, but then again they play those four games and I think those four or five games they play in December every year really take the the fun out of a basketball season and get people to not go to games. Judge, because you're giving away the month of December, right? Right. You know, you're playing Long Island University or yep. whatever the hell it is. So, uh, anyway, uh, I. Uh, so you're looking for you good know, things from Gulf. I'm looking oh. at uh, to uh, you know you'll probably be back in the tournament next year because he'll there he'll get a bunch of uh, grad transfers and stuff in here. And uh, did we uh, did we fire Tim Miles yet? I don't know. I've not seen that yet. Yeah, Freddie Hoiberg. But it sounds like league. that's done. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like he's going to get the job. Uh, okay, Unchained. What's your rant? You got a rant? No. Uh, what do I got a rant about? What am I uh, upset about? It's got you worked uh, up. I'm nothing. Uh, I don't know what's got me worked. I guess Duke getting the calls, uh, <laughs> getting the you know them wanting Duke to win. I think the whole NCAA selection system that they came up with. I was telling you last week this whole quad system where you 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 now count top fifty victories. And and you can count, and then then they set it up so that you know losses in big conferences. Hey, you beat Nebraska, and that's a top fifty victory. Give me a break. The coach is going to get fired. They stink. It's quad one victory. And, Pat. Yeah, it's that, that 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 whole system was set up to get rid of uh, as many of the uh, mid majors as they could, and we've seen the results here, haven't we? There's uh, you. You got 16 teams left, and there's not a surprise in the whole bunch. There should have been, should have mm-hmm. been Central Florida, but uh, there's not. And that's a that team's in the American Conference, which is uh, there's no small uh, small schools in it. And uh, I think it's kind of a dull tournament right now. And we're coming to Minneapolis, <laughs> and uh, boy, are, it would be you're not the Chamber of Commerce. Duke, North Carolina. My picks are Duke, North Carolina, Florida State, and Virginia. I got an all ACC final. So. Minneapolis. It's going to be dull in 2019. Yes, yeah. That's on, our slogan for college basketball. Have a bad tournament. <laughs> and uh, by the way, uh, the Henning Hornets. Congratulations! I should have mentioned them. They won Class A. Uh, they uh, lost a teammate a couple of years ago in a car accident, mm. but they have all these twins. And uh, I have set it up so that the because the Henning twins. The Peterson twins of the mid '60s uh, were the ones who came, brought Henning down here, and now they got these three sets of twins. Now they're going to throw out a first pitch at Target Field for the twins. And you set this up? Is this going? Well, happen? I started lobbying St. Pete, and St. Pete is uh, on board, so it's going to happen sometime in uh, April or May. Look or at you! Look at you! You're an influencer. Get Henning. Yeah, I influence on for, these forget, important. Forget these, Sid Hartman. These important issues. Forget Sid Hartman. Patrick we had any more birthday parties for Sid? Or can, can we oh, get I'm on I'm sure they'll be going until June or July. Can Don't worry about it. we get on until next You'll year? You'll have plenty of time to get to one once you get back here, I'm sure. All, all, right. all right. I think we're done. I'm being told I'll, to uh, wrap it up. I'll see you boys this week. I'm ready to get the hell out of paradise. Oh, yeah. I'm sure all it's right. tough. Bye. Bye.